Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Today we are continuing on with Genesis. Uh, you might remember a few weeks back uh, in Genesis 20, um, there was this whole interchange between Abraham and a guy named Abimelech, um, and it culminated uh, with this, with Abimelech coming to this. I'm in chapter 20, verse 14. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. So he has this agreement with Abimelech, and it's in that context um, that uh, we pick up in Genesis chapter 21, uh, and starting in verse 22. And it says this, And at that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I swear. And so um, these guys, they've, they've been living in the same area for a while. And Abimelech is, is seeing Abraham's life. And he's watching the way that Abraham lives. And he's watching all that's happening to and for Abraham. And his conclusion is, God is with this guy. God is blessing him. And so Abimelech says, well, I want to be a part of that. I want to line my life up with that. I want to get to, to maybe just be blessed a little bit just by association with this guy. And so he's, he's coming to, to Abraham here to, to make this plea to him of, hey, God's obviously on your side, so please be kind to us, right? And that's our first point for today is the fact that people want to align themselves with those whom God is blessing. People want to align themselves with those whom God is blessing. And it's either that or they're jealous, one way or the other. That's kind of the two responses. But we'll go with the, with the positive on, on this one because it's straight out of the text. But, uh, but yeah, people want to align themselves with those who God is blessing. Um, and I think that uh, a good way to look at it is, is certain times like in our lives or when it comes to ministries, churches, whatever, you can look at something and, and see what's happened. And really the only explanation is God did it, right? Like that's from God. And that's what Abimelech is seeing in Abraham's life. He's like, the only explanation for what I'm seeing happen with this guy is God's doing it. And um, it was our honor last, last week to get to go back to North Alabama, to the church that we came from, a church that's partnered with Potter South since we've been here, um, and get to, to share with them what God's doing here. And as I was saying before, it's, it's really good to just to take that step back and look at it and say, the only way to explain it is God did it, and God's doing it. 
and, uh, and he's, he's continuing to do it, and, and that is so good and so encouraging. Um, and so, so thank you guys for letting us go. Uh, we uh, were able to say thank you on your behalf uh, to them down there. Uh, we got to share in a bunch of different settings, uh, small group settings in the church service, um, about what's going on here and how God's at work and, um, and just thank them for being a part of that. And so that's, that was, was really good. It was good for us to get to reconnect with a bunch of old friends and, um, it's where Brittany's family's from. So we were staying at her parents' house and her whole side of the family, um, all came, uh, to town, all of her siblings and, and even her, her grandma came, uh, to, to, to join us. And um, her grandma is one of our most regular online watchers. Hi, grandma. I'm sure you're, you're watching right now. Um, and, uh, and Derek, uh, she wanted, she said, you know, I've never met him, but the person I just love in your church is that Derek. Um, so, so Brittany's grandma from Florida loves it when Derek prays in our services. So, um, but that's just the cool way of, of the way that God is, is working and and knitting our church together with the body of Christ all over the place. Um, and it's just really cool. Um, but uh, for me, one of the really cool things of being there was getting to hear from the other missionaries um, that I feel like are um, real missionaries. Uh, not, not, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so, um, but getting to hear from the ones from Ukraine. Um, and getting to hear from the ones from Moldova and getting to hear what their ministries have been like over the last year, two years, um, and hearing stories from them and just hearing stories that it's like, the only way to explain this is God is at work. And so I'll share a couple with the, of those with you now um, uh, from Ukraine, the, the, one of the missionaries there. Their, their church is in Odessa. Um, and, and they have been there ministering throughout everything that's happened. Um, they are, uh, you know, there's a lot of rolling blackouts and power outages and that kind of thing because of the war. And so one of the things they said is, and there's no schools, um, the schools have shut down. So one of the things says, Hey, as a church, we can offer hope. Um, we're going to open up our church and we have some teachers in our church and they're going to have school here. Um, and they said, Hey, we're, we're going to get a generator, and there's always going to be lights on at the church. So if you're feeling down because the power's out and those kind of things, come to the church, and there's hope, and there's light, and there's peace and joy there, which is, is just awesome that they're able to do that. And you can just see that in the pictures, the, the, their people just have joy in the midst of war, in the midst of horrible things. Um, but he also was telling us another story not from his town, but from another town. Um, and before the war, there were, were what was considered four churches in this town. There was a Catholic church, there was a Ukrainian Orthodox church, and there was a uh, Russian Orthodox church, and then there was a Baptist church. And he's, according to this guy, he said that the one of those four that would actually preach the gospel was the Baptist church. Um, but in the culture, the Baptist church was seen as kind of the cult, as kind of the outsider, the kind of the weirdos over there, right? Um, well, as the war started, right when the war started, immediately the Catholic priest was yanked, taken to somewhere else in the world where he would be safe. And so the Catholic church shut down. Well, then the Russians captured that town. When they did, immediately the Ukrainian priest said, I'm getting out of here. Um, and so he left, so the Ukrainian church shut down. 
Well, now the Ukrainians have recaptured that town. And so the Russian priest said, I'm getting out of here. And so now, in the midst of all of this, there's one church still standing that's ministered to people throughout it all, and anybody that wants to go to church is going to the Baptist church, and they're hearing the gospel. And so you look at even horrible things in the world like wars, and you can see God's hand at work, and that even in the midst of those horrible things, God is working. Um, the Moldovans were, were really cool to hear um, because... Uh, they were sharing that forever there has been great prejudice between Ukrainians and Moldovans where Ukrainians kind of look down as Moldovans as like less than, lower than kind of people. Well, when the, the war first started and all, everyone's trying to get out, all the women and children are trying to get out of Ukraine, pretty much their only option of where they could go was Moldova. And, uh, and so we, we saw on the news, the lineups, the lines at the border trying to get out of the country and, and those kind of things. And, and so, uh, these, these missionaries in Moldova, they're from Moldova. Um, they were telling us about, they, they went and served people there at the border and, uh, they actually were granted favor by the border guards, um, because, you know, there were day long waits, multiple day long waits of people just sitting in cars that literally just left their house with the clothes on their back trying to flee. Um, so you got moms and kids and that's it with no food, no provisions, no nothing. And they're all having to wait at the border for the border guards to figure out where they're going. Well, so the border guards told the Christians in Moldova, it's like, Hey, yeah, you want to go over into Ukraine and help them and give them food, go for it. You can just walk back and forth however you want. Um, and so that's what they were doing day after day. It was just going, getting resources in Moldova, taking them and giving them to people, to all of these women and children who were just waiting to get into the country. Um, and they said they had some really awesome conversations um, with people. And, uh, and they were more blunt than me um, and probably more blunt than our culture. Um, but they, they said people would say, why are you doing this? We've always been mean to you. We've always hated you. And they would say, you're right. We don't like you either, <laughs> but Jesus loves you. And because Jesus loves you, we're doing this for you. Um, and they heard multiple uh, reports through that of just being able to show Jesus's love to people of, of these women and children coming to faith in Christ and connecting with churches where they ended up after they got out um, of the country in, in refugee situations. And so I just, I tell you those stories to say, hey, that, that encouraged me, that encouraged my heart to hear what, what God is doing in the world beyond us. And, uh, and I, I think that should encourage all of us because, because, yeah, it's when God's people are living at his pe as his people, when we are his body, when we are acting as Christ would act, then it shows and the, the world around us sees that and they say, hey, something's different here, right? I'm sure in that one town, that Baptist minister had plenty of opportunities to get out of there as well. But he stayed. And he's ministering to the people there in that town. And because of that, they say, hey, here, here's something different. All those other jokers, they ran. But this guy, he's still here with us. And, uh, and so there's, there's something different about that. And so... Uh, we, we still see this to be true today, what Abimelech's identifying with Abraham. Hey, God's hand is on him. And today, for God's people, God's hand is on them. 
And it's, it's one of those things, as one of God's people, we can almost become numb to it. We can almost just be like, oh yeah, that's just the way life is. We're just used to that. Until we interact with and get confronted with the reality of people that don't have that same hope, that don't have that same faith in Christ, and aren't getting to experience those same blessings and rewards that aren't all, it's not all about uh, financial. It's not all about health and wealth, right? Because we, we experience plenty of bad things as Christians. But it's about his spirit within us that gives us peace, love, joy, patience in the midst of all those things. And so that's why in the middle of a war zone, um, the missionary that's in Odessa, they asked and they said, hey, is it safe where you live? And he, his response was, safe enough. And, and that's the way we should, we should view our lives. Is, is, it, is it safe for us? Probably not. Are bad things going to happen? Probably so. But what we can rest assured in is the fact that our God who we know, our Jesus who died on a cross for us, loves us. And he's going to take care of us through whatever happens, through whatever goes on. And so Abraham and Abimelech have this agreement between them. Okay, Abimelech has already told Abraham, hey, you can dwell in my land. You can go where you want. You can do what you want here. Raise your crops, raise your family, do your thing. Uh, you have my blessing. Um, and then now Abimelech's coming back to him and saying, hey, Abraham, God's really blessing you. I want to be a part of that. Hey, will you in turn uh, make sure you don't do anything bad to us? I said we won't do anything bad to you, but will you give me kind of the same promise? Um, and Abraham has said, well, sure, yes, um, that sounds good. Um, but then there has been a conflict that's arisen. And so we get to see here from Abraham today uh, kind of some, some tips and kind of uh, some keys on conflict resolution. Um, and so let's jump in and see how Abraham and Abimelech work out their conflict. So in verse 25, when Abraham reproved Abimelech, about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, these seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand, that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. And therefore, this place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, uh, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. So Abraham saying, hey, there's a problem. Yes, I'm good for my word. Yes, I will agree to this. But here's the situation. We dug a well for our people, for our animals. And now some of your people have taken that well and saying it's theirs. And so this is a, this is a problem. This is a situation between us. And so the first thing that Abraham does in dealing with the problem and the first thing that we should do in dealing with a problem is identify the problem. Abraham says, like, here's what's wrong. 
here's what's gone wrong, here's the situation. We dug a well, your people have seized our well, kind of want it back, right? Like, the, this is a problem. Um, we have seen earlier, in, uh, especially the situation where Abraham went and rescued Lot, um, that Abraham has the ability uh, to fight a battle. He, ha- he can take the military option at this point. He, he and his trained men could have gone and just fought off these people for the well. But instead, Abraham chooses to identify the problem. He says, hey, here's the problem. And, he, and he's going to Abimelech to talk about the problem. So the first thing we need to do is identify the problem. And let's be honest, sometimes that's harder than it might seem. Because how many times have we had something where we know something is not right between us and somebody else, but we don't know what it is? And we don't, we're like, what, what did I do? Like, did I say something? Did I do something? Um, you guys might not ever experience this because you're all very nice and don't offend people. Um, but for me, this is a real problem. Like, what, which time did I offend them, you know? Um, and so uh, it's a big thing for us to identify the problem and say, this is what the situation is. This is what needs to be resolved. The next thing Abraham does is what we need to do is he addresses the problem with the appropriate people. He goes to Abimelech. He goes to Abimelech to address the situation. He's like, hey, you and I have an agreement. Some of your people aren't keeping their end of the agreement. Um, And so we need to sort this out. We need to resolve this. And this is something that we can learn from as well. Because it's easy for us um, to maybe say, uh, if we were in this situation, instead of Abraham going to Abimelech, him going to all the other people around say that Abimelech, he's not good for his word. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. He said I could live here. He said I could do what I wanted. Um, but now they're taking our well. They took our well. Don't trust that Abimelech. Hey, you guys should all gang up with me against Abimelech. We need to go take him out. That's not what Abraham does. He goes to the source. He goes to the person where the conflict is with. And he says, hey, here's the situation. The conflict's between us. We need to resolve it. And that's what we need to do as well. Whenever there's conflict between us and somebody else, we don't need to talk talk, talk to this person about it and that person about it and this person and spread this whole mess of of rumors and lies and all this kind of stuff or our side or he said, she said. and all. That's, That's when it just gets worse. But what we need to do is we need to follow Abraham's example and we need to go and address the problem with the appropriate people. And not just leave it, um, not just say, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. It just bothers me every single day, but it's not that big a deal. It's, only the, it's the only thing I can think about, but it's not that big a deal. I don't want to address. No, address it. Go talk to them about it. Address the situation with the appropriate people. But our goal in doing that is not to go at them saying, you did this, you be, 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 right? Like, that's not what Abraham does here. He just goes, he says, hey, here's the problem. And we need to resolve it. And that is our goal. Our goal in this is resolution. Our goal is to resolve and restore relationship. Not to blow things up further. We, we strive for resolution and restoration, not retaliation and irritation. All right? 
So our goal is not to, oh, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to throw salt in the wound, you know, and they'd stab me, but I'm going to stab them harder. No. Our goal is to say, yeah, we're coming back together. We're restoring here. We're resolving the conflict. And we're going to do that with what the way that Abraham sets the example here of he resolves the problem with mutual respect. He comes to Abimelech with respect, right? He doesn't come in saying, you did wrong, your people did wrong, they took our well, now give it back. No, he comes in and he's, he's actually giving. And he's saying, hey, here, here's, here's some ewe lambs, right? And I'm going to give them to you just so it's clear to everybody that this is our well. So if your people say that they dug it, you can say, well, he bought it, all right? Like, that's what's going on here. He's like, this is going to just smooth things out for everybody. Um, and in that, we see the respect that Abraham is showing Abimelech. Um, and Abimelech, equally, he's already said how much he respects Abraham by, by what he started this whole thing with, with, hey, God is blessing you. God's hand is on you. I, I, I respect you in that. Um, and even when, when Abraham brings it, the, the situation to his attention, Abimelech seems to be very honest in saying, I had no idea this was happening. I didn't know this was even a situation between us. Um, whoever's doing this, I'm, I'm going to put a stop to it. And so we see in these guys mutual respect for one another. And when we come to these situations of needing to resolve conflict, we need to come at them with mutual respect for each other. And that can be hard. Because that's when we say, well, Wayne, but you don't know what they did. You're right, I don't. Probably don't want to either. But here's the deal. Is that person made in the image of God? Is that person a sinner just like you? And I think we're on a ground where we can respect each other. I can respect you as you're made in the image of God. I respect him. And, I, and because you're made in his image, you have innate worth and value to him. And so I can respect you in light of that, if nothing else. And I know, yes, this, this can get harder as we get into how deep sin goes and how, how badly we can be hurt by other people. But the reality is what scripture teaches us is that no matter what they've done, the best thing for us is to forgive. Because when we hold on to that bitterness, when we hold on to that wrong or, or whatever it is, it's really just hurting us more than them. It really just eats us alive. In fact, even as Jesus was, was teaching the disciples how to pray, you know, we, t- we focus on the Lord's Prayer, but when we get it in the context, the whole context of what he's teaching them there is really about the importance of forgiveness. So let's look at that. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches them, he says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, what out of that did Jesus think, hey, I need to explain further? Let's see. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so Jesus is saying even our forgiveness before God is kind of tied in with our forgiveness with other people. They wronged us, but we've wronged God. And I'm not, not you know, this is a small part of a much bigger theological concept. Yes, we, our, our forgiveness before God is not something that's easily taken or, or lost or anything like that, okay? Our forgiveness before God is based on Jesus and what he's done. That's what we see in the totality of Scripture. But in, in the Sermon on the Mount, we're reading from here, Jesus is saying, hey, you want to you fully live up to the law. You want to fully live up perfectly to God's standards. Here's everything that's required of you, is what he's doing in the Sermon on the Mount. And so in that, he's saying, hey, you, forgiveness is a part of it. And so we're so thankful that we don't have to keep all of the law. We're so thankful we don't have to. It's not on us to be perfect because he was perfect. And it's by his blood being shed for us and the forgiveness that's found through Jesus Christ that we can have hope, that we can have peace, that we can have love, joy, patience. And so it's, it's through all of that. But once we've experienced that, then, then what is our heart's desire? Our heart's desire is to be in line with Christ, to live like Christ. And Christ said, hey, here's what you need to do. You need to forgive. And so when it comes to conflict resolution, as we're talking about today, um, and being able to respect them, when you identify them, when you identify yourself first and foremost as a sinner saved by grace, as someone who God has forgiven, someone he has pardoned, someone that you have wronged him, you are worthy of death, and yet he sent his son who died for you. When you have that perspective and that lens that you're looking through, then it's a lot easier to look at them with respect and treat them honorably. Because when you lower yourself in that way and you have a, a real understanding of yourself, then it's a lot easier to respect someone else who's done you wrong or someone else you have conflict with. And so, um, so yeah, here in this story, we see that, that this is what Abraham does. He walks through the conflict. He, he identifies what the problem is. He addresses it with the appropriate person. And he comes to that person with, with mutual respect. And out of that, they work it out. And they say, hey, problem solved. That's the goal, right? Problem solved. How many, how many relationships uh, do you have right now that it would be just such a relief to your heart to be able to say, problem solved. It's behind us. And I, I encourage you to pursue that. And when you do, and when it is, what's our response? Let's see what Abraham's is. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. So what did Abraham do? He worshiped God. Because whenever there is conflict between us and resolution is found, all glory to God. All glory to God. 
He's the one that, that brings those things about. He's the one that brings that, that restoration. And uh, Abraham kind of brings up a, a new kind of worship here. Um, tree planting, right? Um, we kind of can laugh, but when you think about it, like, what was man's original job? What was our job before the fall? Tend the garden, which meant plant trees. And so Abraham's worshiping God by doing what he was created to do. And so for all of you in the, the forestry industry, take that to work with you. Plant a tree to give glory to God. But yeah, so what's our, our takeaways from this? One, we want to resolve conflict. Two, we want to represent God and his blessings to those around us who might not have the hope that we have. And three, when those things are happening, all glory to God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing here at Potter's House. I thank you for the way you're at work. Um, I thank you for your faithfulness uh, to us. And Lord, we just give you all credit, all glory, all honor. And Lord, we, we just, we love you. And uh, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son. We thank you that Jesus did die on the cross for us. But more than just the fact that he died, the fact that he rose again. And in that we have hope. And in that we have a future. And Lord, we pray that we're able to, to shine your light and share your hope with those around us. And I just pray all of this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day.